This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. City ring in the new year in disappointing fashion, drawing 1-1 at home to Everton just three days after an impressive showing at Ellen Road. But doesn't mean they are slipping out of the title race. We're going to answer that question and more on the next episode. It is January 2nd, 2023. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Oliver Lowe. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6. It's two for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur three, Manchester City four. They have made the impossible possible. Hello, Oliver. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. How are things with you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Happy New Year to yourself. Looking forward to a a good 2023 full of... uh, Man City and uh, hopefully plenty of joy for the Blues. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Although we're off to a rough start with uh, a really disappointing game against Everton after a, a quick start in the first half, it seemed like City were all over them. Let's let's get into that game because I think everyone was feeling good after the game at Ellen Road and you know a big atmosphere from the away fans, a big performance, and the the general feeling around the team was good. And then just kind of 45 minutes of a stinker of a performance in that second half. And and we come away with just a point against, you know, a team battling relegation. What were your general thoughts on that game yesterday? Um, Yeah, I think, you know, obviously any result like this is less than ideal. Um, But it it sort of came, like you say, really out of character, um, considering how well we came back from the World Cup and, uh, you know, that sort of prolonged international break. Um, I thought there were a few really sort of like lacklustre surprising performances, which I I think um, people sometimes have a tendency to look too much into. I think I'm sure we'll get onto some of them, but um, I think it was just one of those days. Um, I'd 
be remiss if I was to say I think it's anything to to worry about massively. Every team has these results once in a while. It was just a really frustrating day, especially as you touched on after that first half. We seemed to be in control. We seemed like um, we were going to carry on in the second half and see that game out. But look, that's why we love football. Is you know you, the script's never written, and uh, unfortunately, we were we were on the wrong end of things. Yeah, and you know it's weird. The city have conceded from the only two shots they've they've conceded on target since uh, since the World Cup. Um, so on, on one hand, you can say, well, they're limiting the opposition to they're limiting their chances, but you know we're conceding from every shot on target. Um, let's take a look at the lineup because I think there was a lot of uh, questions raised when we saw pretty much um, not a lot of rotation from the Leeds game. I think I had David on here after the Leeds game, and we we were expecting a lot of rotation. When you look back at the bench in the Leeds game, you know Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden. Lots of you know big internationals on the bench, and then we see a very similar lineup with Rico Lewis still out there, Akanji, John Stones, Nathan Ake all still out there, Grealish still out there, Mares and Holland together. What was your thoughts on the lineup in general? Because, like I said, I'd expected a lot more rotation, but I think there was only one change from the Leeds game, and that was Bernardo Silva in for Gundogan. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. Um, you know, a, a few of the the sort of selections I thought Rico Lewis maintaining his place was was probably deserved, but also a bit of a surprise. Not so much because he'd done anything wrong against Leeds or against Liverpool, but mainly because I thought that uh, Pep might want to want to get Cancelo and Walker back into the side and get them playing again after the World Cup. So I was quite surprised to see him start alongside Ake as well. Um, I sort of thought there might be a bit of rotation there. Um, you know, the the one for me that I, I sort of look at is is Phil Foden and his sort of um, omission from the squad um, in the past couple of games. You could maybe say that that Pep's doing that for a reason. We've got obviously a very busy upcoming schedule, two games against Chelsea and then games against United and Tottenham, um, you know, all within January. So we've got a busy period coming up against a lot of big teams, which I'm sure Phil Foden will be utilised in. But yeah, I think I think the general feeling when I saw that lineup was... Um, was almost um, a bit felt a bit lethargic, like there wasn't much energy um, within within the team. The changes, um, like you say, weren't there, and yeah, it was maybe a little bit of a warning sign. Didn't want to want to want to worry too much because you know I sort of um, without being too cocky thought that Everton were a team that we'd be able to handle with that lineup. But clearly, the signs started to show throughout the game uh, of of maybe the fact that we needed a bit of a freshen up. Uh, to be honest, I kind of saw this lineup from the get-go, and and I wouldn't say I thought we were in trouble. Um, but anyone who listens to the show will know that I have been banging on about this this hybrid back three that we've been playing essentially since Walker went down in, in the Manchester Derby. I think it was all the way back in October um, that we've kind of made everything in attack pretty stale and, and we've kind of relied on individual brilliance throughout. And the good thing about that is we have a ton of individual brilliance and, and Holland's going to give you big moments and De Bruyne is going to give you big moments and you're going to win a lot of games relying on individual brilliance because you have so much of it. But we're only, we're not even 12 months removed from a kind of two to three year period for City in which the system won games. I mean, there was a lot, there was lots of talent, of course, lots of individual talent. But the system won games. And it's starting to feel like this system is trying to eliminate the chance of losing games, but doesn't do anything to win games for me. 
when I look at the successful city teams of the past three or four years, and granted, we have a different squad than we had back then, but you think of the way they stretch the pitch with either wide fullbacks or wide wingers. And, you know, you can think of Phil Foden kind of always having his heels dug into the far touchline and stretching the pitch and, you know, midfielders being able to pick up little spaces in the half space there and get on the ball. It just feels very narrow and compact and stale. And I'm feeling like it's neutering a lot of the good things about what City's players have to offer. When I've got when I see Holland out there and I see Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan and Bernardo Silva, I'm all, I'm thinking about how can I get them into space? How can I get them into open field and, you know, work their magic? But we just pack it to the middle it seems and against teams that are going to sit in deep like Everton and play, you know, like a 6-3-1 or a 6-4, there's not going to be a lot of space and I feel like feel like we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot at the moment and and kind of doing everything in our power to not accentuate the good things about this squad. I don't know if I'm going over the top here with that, um, no, but I've basically not. felt this way since we've gone to that three, kind of back three hybrid. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I'd agree 100%. I think that uh, the system that we're playing at the moment um, is suffocating um, our attack and our sort of freedom of movement. I think it's having a lot of negative implications on a lot of individuals, specifically the wingers. Um, I know you guys um, are going to maybe touch on that a bit more tomorrow, but you know the sort of the the lack in width going forward is is a massive concern for me because. City for for years have created so much from overloading, um, you know, wings and um, you know creating um, chances chances um, coming down those wings with overlapping fullbacks and you know creative fullbacks as well. And I sort of feel like we're really missing out on that. And because of that, that is having a negative effect on I think the Maras is the Grealish is um, and you know Foden as well when he gets on the pitch and Bernardo Silva and. That is then, you know, having a knock-on effect for for players like Harlan, like KDB, and like you say, I don't think anyone's worrying massively about Harlan right now because he's he's scoring goals and that's great, and he's got that individual brilliance. But I do think like there's always that next level, and especially if we can get the system back to the way that it was, where like you say, Man City play via a system rather than via one or two pieces of individual brilliance, then you know there could be even more room for Harland and more room for those wingers. So. Yeah, definitely. I don't think um, that the system's necessarily working. I think it's there out of necessity, isn't it? Because Walker, um, as we know, is like such a brilliant, brilliant player, and he gives so much security going forward and defensively that they're almost trying to fill in the gaps in his absence. So hopefully, once he starts to come back into the team and Jack Ancelotti starts to come back into the team, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get back to to the way that things were. Yeah, and you know, I I posted this. I dug through the archives of Twitter and found a City Tactics post um, yesterday from all the way back when we beat United at Old Trafford last season. And in that game specifically, Pep went out of his way to kind of explain what he did to open up United's defense. And and they had played a back five on that day. And his big thing was all about the way you open up a back five is you have high and wide fullbacks to stretch the wing backs away from their center backs and and then you exploit that space in behind if you go in and you watch yesterday's game against Everton who were playing a back five and had a really compact midfield we kind of just funneled everything into their midfield and it's like you're running into a wall that you know is there when you have a way around the wall but you keep running into the wall over and over and over and it just felt a bit like insanity for me to watch them 
continually try to do something that clearly wasn't working. Yeah. So is that the fix then is just getting players like Walker fit, getting players like Cancelo back up to speed and kind of getting back to the system that we've seen? Or do we feel like this is something that Pep is going to try and play until it works? We know he's he can be a bit of a stubborn bastard at times. And if he feels like it's the way to go, he'll do it until it works. I mean, the, the the really simple answer there is that only Pep knows knows um, what what's going to happen, and that at times as a City fan can be frustrating. You know, we're, we're spoiled with um, you know the manager that we've got, the absolute tactical brilliance that he has, and sometimes that goes beyond our understanding, and you know, even some of the best journalists and pundits' understanding. Um, and at times, you know, it can seem stubborn and frustrating, but I think you know we're in the position where we've got a manager who we can almost blindly trust at times for me personally the system doesn't necessarily work I think like yesterday you know you touched on it already but Grealish and Mahrez they looked lost in the wilderness like they, they were receiving those balls and they just seemed like they had nowhere to go no support and the only option was to go back and then try go through the midfield which just was not working um, and, it, and there's been a couple of occasions like that um like you say, since Walker went out, where that's felt like the case, especially for, um, I'd say, Grealish and Mahrez, where they, they just sort of seem really isolated. Um, so for me personally, I do think going back to the, the system that has worked for, for three years would be ideal. But then at the same time, maybe Pep, in, in all of his wisdom, is just thinking we need something new. You know, maybe teams are starting to clock on to us a little bit of what we've been doing for the past couple of years and we have to come up with a new system that's going to work and he will just keep on going and keep on going until until it does. And, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's not like we're in turmoil. It's not like we've put in some formation and we've lost five games in a row. We've had a little bump in the road. There have been other occasions in the past couple of months where we've maybe seen the little signs start to show of this um, this formation and this game plan being a, a little bit placid. But on the whole, we're winning games. Maybe it's just a, a sort of a teething um, you know, period. Yeah, well, let's hope. So looking ahead then, and we're going to have a more in-depth look at this later in the week, but just looking ahead to Chelsea in not even four days now, um, what would you do differently? I mean, do we think, and I I think the obvious answer is Pep almost always does something different than what we would ourselves would do. And that's why he is Pep Guardiola and we are sitting here in our, in our rooms. Um, but what would you do differently to try and kind of break that, that stalemate that our, our attack has been in? And look, we're scoring goals, three goals against, against Leeds, three goals against Liverpool. But, you know, it, it doesn't feel like we're seeing that free-flowing, suffocating style of play that we've seen for years, as we've been saying the last 10 minutes. What do you do differently going into Chelsea? Do you, do you stick with the same thing and try and make it work? Or do we try and get Walker back in there, try and get Cancelo back in there? Hell, I know, I know Cancelo is not in the best form, but at least if you play him out on the right, he does provide width and he can be a natural right-footed right back and, and provide width and um, obviously a lot of creativity going forward. So what would you do differently going into that Chelsea game, just briefly? I mean, the, the, the few things for me is that um, I would bring back at least one of Cancelo and Walker, ideally both. Um, like you say, Pep will probably always do something different to what we'd like. I think if Pep is going to insist on you know, moving forward with this system, especially into this run of games that we've got. Um, I do think you need 
the you know the sort of experience of Cancelo and Walker. As much as I love Lewis, and as much as I appreciate Ake and the job that he does um, when when he's sort of playing in this back three, I do sort of think natural fullbacks are the way to go. And especially, I sort of think Cancelo could be the key to unlocking that sort of um, midfield, especially if we're going to play that sort of hybrid three. Because at least when he gets into that midfield position where he's sort of playing a free roaming role, he has the creativity to unlock things through the midfield, which I do sort of think Ake and Lewis maybe suffer with a little bit. Um, So for me, it would just be about, you know... um, bringing back that experience into the squad. You know, I know it's never easy when um, two players have, have been away for a prolonged period of time. There are lots of players within the squad who have been in that situation. Um, and, you know, you don't know what circumstances are like in terms of training, how up speed they are. But I think slowly but surely we need to bring those two back into the team because they're, they're a massive part of what make Man City tick. Um, and for me, on a maybe it's a personal bias, but I'd also just love to see Phil Foden getting back into the game and a more consistent run of games because I think that he has the individual brilliance um, to maybe cover some more of those cracks when things aren't working. All right, that'll do for part one. In part two, we'll be back to chat about the Premier League title race and whether City are still involved in it. All right, welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm joined by Oliver Lowe. All right, Oliver, let's look at the title race because as if yesterday couldn't have gotten any worse after a really disappointing result against Everton, Arsenal played Brighton later in the day and we're thinking, oh, Brighton, a good team under De Zerbe. Maybe he could do us a favor, get a result and kind of cancel out the, the Everton result. Um, but they're they're 1-0 up within, I think, five minutes, something like that, and uh, eventually go on to win the game. And they're seven points clear at the top now. It doesn't feel like they're slowing down anytime soon. I mean, we do know that this is modern day Arsenal football club. So when they slow down, they go backwards. Mm. Um, that's that still might happen. We we don't know, but this you know, if anybody who's watched any Arsenal games this year will know, it's a bit of a different feel. And you know, people leave the Emirates Stadium and say it's a different feel inside the ground, and that the team feels different, and they look like a special team. Obviously, this City team is a special team. We've seen them claw back from from deficits in the title race plenty of times in the Pep Guardiola era. It's kind of their specialty. They seem to do better when they're chasing somebody than, than when they've got a big lead at the top. So look, it's it's only a seven-point gap. Arsenal, we still play Arsenal twice this season. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, start any sort of doom mongering here, but but are City starting to slip out of this title race? I mean, obviously they're sitting in second, but what are you feeling as far as the kind of long-term picture of this race? Uh, I don't think City is starting to fall out of the title race at all. I think it would be way too preemptive to say something like that. Um, you know, I know this is a City podcast, but I do just want to touch on Arsenal a little bit because I sort of feel like this year they have had the perfect storm. And sometimes that's what you need. Like sometimes that is what creates a, a good season, you know, um, because one individual season can can set you up for the next five. You know, you look at Leicester, that was the absolute perfect storm. And I'm not comparing Arsenal to Leicester because they're, they're very different teams, but it sort of seems like, you know, Gabriel Martinelli has gone from a player who never quite fulfilled his potential to all of a sudden one of the best wingers in the league. And, you know, Lacazette left the club and all of a sudden Eddie, Eddie and Ketty have started, um, you know, really picking up form after being also a player maybe not fulfilling potential because Saka just seems to go from strength to strength so you know you touched on that sort of um, atmosphere inside the ground and I, I do think absolute massive credit to Arteta um, obviously you know as much as you can for a manager that you may be battling for against 
um, to, to win a Premier League out. I had so much love for him because of his time at City. Um, and, you know, if we were going to lose um, the Premier League, I, I'd sort of obviously rather it be someone like Arteta than, um, you know, uh, the, the red team. Um, either in Manchester or, or slightly further down the N62. Um, but yeah, I sort of think that City, um, I, I just have learned to, to, to trust Pep over the past few years. You know, I think um, this this time a couple of seasons ago, we were obviously in a really negative spot and we went on a, uh, what was it, a 16 um, winning run um, in the league. So you never know where football's going to lead. I don't think City are out of it by any means. I do think seven points make things dangerous, but I also think from Arsenal's perspective, this next month is what's critical. You know, if you can come out of this next month unscathed or at least still with a, a sizable lead, that's when maybe we start to worry and we start to say, okay, we're getting into February and Arsenal is still seven points clear. Um, then we can have those conversations, but it's a busy time of year and they have got off to it in the right start. But I think now's not the time to worry. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, if, if recent history has taught us anything, it's to trust Pep, trust this team and just kind of trust football in general that, you know, things are going to happen that maybe we don't expect. And um, the way things are in, in October, are they're not going to be that way in May and, and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's also we can't forget that we've got to play them twice. And that's that's six points up for grabs right there. Um, and even in their you know, the current form of both teams, I'm still going to kind of have City as my favorites in, in a head-to-head matchup because I think they can beat any team in Europe on their day. Um, I think we've also got to consider the fact that Arteta's been a part of a few title races like this with City and he'll have learned from a coach like Pep and he'll have learned from those experiences, you know, what it takes to either fend off, you know, challengers or to um, to deal with these games, you know, kind of must-win games because, I think that's the difference right and i've said this before is winning these games at home winning games away in you know december january that's one thing but teams that win titles from april onwards you're playing a cup final every week you know we think of some of city's biggest title accomplishments like 2018 19 in which we played almost 15 cup finals in a row you know leading all the way up to the the vinnie strike at home and then brighton away and um, you know, you draw one game and, and your season might be over as far as the title goes. So mm-hmm. I think that's where it'll come down to the experience of the two teams. And this Arsenal side have no experience other than, well, I guess, Gabriel Jesus and, and Zinchenko now in winning those types of tight races. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not sort of uh, wanting to be a doom monger. I just wanted to get the question out there and, and see how you were feeling about it. Um, I think we'll wrap up there quick episode today and obviously the games are coming thick and fast so we'll have more to chat about the Everton game on tomorrow's episode and then we'll start to look ahead to Chelsea and continue on in this very busy period uh Ollie any big plans for the start of the new year uh no no not at the moment um my my only plans are to uh you know sort of uh celebrate City's victories and mourning their losses. Um, hopefully it'll be a really, really positive season. You know, to any sort of City fans out there who are who are worried about yesterday's result, I'd just tell them to look back at a couple of years ago. I remember um, 1-1 against West Brom um, was a massive turning point for us in our season. Still early days. The most exciting parts of the season are still to come and I'm sure it's going to be a great, great year. 
Yeah, I absolutely concur. All right, before we get out of here, please don't forget, leave a rating, leave a review. If you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button or follow button on whatever audio platform you are listening on. Oliver, thanks for joining and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Speak to you soon, guys. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.